Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. I wanna jump into the message, you ready? Yes. Okay, I wanna jump into the message this morning called Giving Creates an Atmosphere for Receiving. You know, sometimes we downplay the receiving part because it's not the reason you should give, Right. However, it is a truth of what will happen when you give. That's right. Because it truly does. Giving creates an incredible atmosphere for receiving in your life. And we're going to just show you a few scriptures, and then we're going to have a, a, a time of just really getting into the spirit, and then we're going to practice what we're communicating, because today is miracle offering, right? For you guests, uh, that's just something we do once a year. And it's to expand the kingdom of the Lord. Don't worry about participating in that. You don't have to. But it's something we've been preparing for as a church. Amen. So we can do more in the world. But I want to go to the scripture in Luke 6, verse 38, to just show you how giving creates an atmosphere for receiving. It says, give generously. Say generously. Generously. You know, that, that's not tipping. That's like giving generously means you know, it's, it's generous. You know, that's not going to the restaurant and when the waiter or waitress uh, serves you that you go, oh, I'll give them 10% or I'll give them, you know, five bucks. If you gave them five bucks, you probably just got an appetizer because that's 20% of the appetizer. Can I get any? <laughs> but no, it's, it, I go to a restaurant, I want to give generously. So generously means I actually, when I go to a restaurant, 20% is where I start at and if, you know, and then I go from there. Because I want to be a blessing to those around me. And that's what generous means. It means that, you know, you're not holding any back. You're, you're, you're willing to give. But it says, give generously and watch what will happen. And generous gifts will be given back to you. Wow. Shaken down to make room for more. That means kind of like, you know, you ever had a duffel bag, you stuff something in, <laughs> and there's no room. Or uh, a suitcase. Sadie's suitcase. By the way, wasn't it good to have Josiah and Sadie in the house today? Woo! Yeah. Sadie goes to the airport and, and, you know, they weigh her suitcase and Josiah didn't check it beforehand. And uh, they had to bring out some elephants to pull it to the plane. <laughs> <coughs> because when it was full, she said, well, I know I can have more. So she started shaking it. And she got it down so she can put more. And she put more, and then when he get to the airport, the lady said, that would be uh, 167 And Sadie said, $1.67? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I appreciate them. I love you guys. Thank you. Uh, but no, it's about, you know, making room. So it's your life right now, think about that, what God's saying. When you give generously, it would generously give back, be given back to you so much so that, even when you look like, man, it's full, God says, no, I'm a, I'll fill you up more than that. I'll shake it. And not only shake it and give you more, watch this. 
And it says, abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure. Guys, this is the scripture. This is, this is Jesus. This is Jesus talking. He says, abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. And we know God is an over and above giver because he says your cup runs over. And he says, the measurement of your generosity becomes, say becomes. Becomes. The measurement of your return. Hmm. The measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you something. Oh, I want to tell you something, then ask you something. Uh, first of all, because of the principle of the scripture, giving is not even really giving. It's investing. Yeah. Think about that a second. When we give to the Lord with the right heart, yeah. when we give to the Lord, then it's an investment. We're not like giving and not going to ever see that again. No. We give because we know that we're going to have a return. Now, who, if I told you, you know, I can take, if you got, you know, uh, $1,000, $100,000, then I can give you a 10% return on it, who would be into that? Those with their hands not up, we need to have a financial class for you. <laughs> because you would want that. Okay, you would want that. Just am I right? You want that, right? And so you, want, uh, you, you would take that, right? The Lord, the Lord says, if you give, I'm going to do way better than that because I'm going to give you, some of you, I'm going to give 40-fold. Some of you, I'm going to give 60-fold. Some of you, I'm going to give a hundredfold. Wow. So the giving that we do, brace yourself because it's 40, 60, a hundredfold. So it's not even giving in the sense, it's investing, knowing that God's faithful to his word and it's all going to come back in this life and in the one to come. Amen. Every word that just proceeded out of my mouth was straight scripture. I just don't have time to read them all to you. Amazing. Cindy? I know. Well, listen, uh, the scripture that I'm going to share with you, I want to set it up a little bit first. Um, it's actually in Malachi 3. But what had happened, Israel had ended up, uh, the temple was destroyed. They were exiled into Babylon. Remember Queen Esther? You know, God raised up Queen Esther in Babylon. And so anyway, then the Lord raised up Ezra because Ezra, he actually went and rebuilt the temple. He approached the king. He went and rebuilt the temple. And so the Israelites could then go back and worship the Lord and all of that. And so fast forward about 100 years, you're in Malachi. And where, what took place was that the children of Israel, whether they forgot or what, they had not learned how to obey and follow the commands of the Lord. Therefore, they were running into some issues. And they'd actually begin uh, grumbling and complaining because they were um, in a drought. Their uh, fields were not being successful, their harvest. And think about it, picture, they thought, man, we're exiled, we're going back to the promised land, like we're going back to what God has for us, they were expecting something differently. And so they were complaining to the Lord, God, you're not even providing for us. And right here in Malachi 3. Let me stop you right there. That's exactly what happens when people come to the Lord 
and they come to the Lord going back to what they've been in exile. They come to the Lord, and they wonder why their life isn't prospering. If you wonder why, keep talking. This is why. So God actually lays this out for them and tells them, you haven't put yourself in the place to be in the atmosphere of receiving. See, they were trying to blame God, and God's like, hold up, it's not me. It's because what you're doing and what you're not doing, you're not in the atmosphere of receiving. And we pick up in verse 10, the Lord says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and put me to the test now in this, says the Lord of armies. This is one of the few times in scripture that the Lord says, go ahead and test me on this. Go ahead and test me. But he said, bring the whole tie in the, into the storehouse. He says, if I do not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So the Lord's saying, you tithe, give what you're supposed to give to me with the right heart, and I am going to bless you immensely. So it's overflowing, overflowing. Who wants some of that? Yeah. Come on, come on. He goes on to say, he says, then, so not just that, I'm going to bless you overflowing. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. Whatever is eating up your blessings, whatever is eating up your returns, I'm going to rebuke that in your life so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor will the vine in the field prove fruitless to you, says the Lord of armies. And so what God's saying is, hey, be faithful. Do what you're supposed to do. And I am going to bless you. And not just was he blessing them by lining their pockets. He's like, I'm going to rebuke the devourer off of your life. Now, right here in the scripture, he's just talking about the tithe. He's talking about 10%, okay? And we see, you know, Abraham, think about Abraham. He tithed, he gave King Melchizedek 10%. Jacob did the same thing. He gave the best of his flocks. Abel gave the best of his fruits. And, and what they are, what she is saying right now, guys, because a lot of people, oh, that was the law. Guys, no. no, listen, Abraham was not under the law. And yeah. he's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob was not under the law. Jacob, when he had an encounter with the Lord, it's interesting, his first encounter with the Lord, Jacob goes, it was really his, if you will, uh, moment of an awakening. You know, we have the only born again experience, but. A, an experience with the Lord, his first yeah. true experience with the Lord. And after that experience, he goes, 10% of everything I have, Lord, I'm giving to your house before the house was built. And you got to understand something. That's why yeah. it was written into the law, because the father of faith practiced it and taught his sons and grandsons how to do it. And Abel, whose blood still cries out, gave the first and the best. All of that is what shaped putting it in the law. And then it came to Christ from there. And Christ continued to say, give to God what is the Lord's. Right. He, he said, make sure, you know, that you don't just help people, but you also give to the Lord. So it's totally a pattern of those of us who live by faith. Right, right. And then I think um, sometimes we just connect it with finances. 
you know, think that, hey, we're going to be blessed financially because we give, we're going to get blessed financially. But that's not the case. God is going to bless you. Bless every area of your life just as you obey what is close to his heart. As you obey the word, he's going to bless your life. He will rebuke the devourer off of your relationships. He's going to rebuke the devourer off of your health. Okay, it's, it's all connected. And it says that in Corinthians. When you go to Corinthians, it said your harvest of righteousness. People don't realize how tied, first of all, the, Jesus says that our money's tied to our heart. Well, how tied our giving is to all of our life. Yeah, that's all right? right. Now I want to jump in real quick to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5. But before you pull that up on the screen, I want to give you a, a kind of set it up. Because what was happening here, the church in Corinthians had heard about the needs of the saints. The kingdom of God had needs. And they had decided as a church that they would take one year to save up for an entire year that they can do this one offering. See, they were having a miracle offering. That they can do this one offering that would be an offering big enough that would make a big dent in the needs of the world. Mm -hmm. And this is where you pick up the Church of Corinthians. And Paul was saying, hey, I'm coming to you. You made that commitment. You were fired up about that commitment. And now I'm coming to you. And this is where we pick up now in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 5. It says, so I consider it necessary to urge the brothers that they go on ahead of you and arrange in advance your previously promised generous gift. Do you see that over and over again? Generous? You see that word generous over and yeah. over again? Your generous gift. Don't, guys, don't, don't insult the Lord, but give to the Lord, okay? So I consider uh, it necessary to, to come to you uh, in advance for your previously promised generous gift that the same would be ready as a generous gift and not as one grudgingly given due to greediness. And so he's saying something there. You make a commitment in your heart, but then you don't follow through if you allow greediness to get a hold of you. Hmm. You can't allow greediness to stop. Greediness holds on where love gives. Greediness Holds on. And so he tells them this, and in verse 6, he says, Now I say this the one who sows sparingly, sounds familiar to the other scriptures? It's all over the scripture. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The one who sows generously will reap generously. Oh, wow. Let me stop. The Holy Spirit just showed me something. Some of you have a 20 acre field that God gave you but you're only planting five acres. And the Lord said, there's so much more that you can do if you would plant all 20 acres. Now, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to you in that. And then he goes on in verse seven, it says, each one must do just as he has decided in his heart. Watch this, not reluctantly, not reluctantly, are yeah. under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. He loves a cheerful giver. And so as you see, it's all about the heart. And it's all about 
this willingness. Actually, if you speak of the law, under the law, they had this thing called free will offerings. And the free will offerings were things for the kingdom. And it would say, it's a free will offering. In other words, whatever you purpose in your heart, that's what you come and you bring to the Lord. And we've actually been reading about it in Ancient Path devotionals uh, in, when we're in uh, Chronicles. Amazing. And the people, how they would just give, their hearts were just stirred. And, and, and we come to you and we told you, said, look, we're not asking you to give anything. I'm only even talking about giving because I know what's best for your life. And that if you give, you're setting yourself up to receive. And so I'm only talking about this because I have your best interest at heart. That when you give, that you're going to receive in such a way and the kingdom is going to benefit. I mean, it's, it's benefiting on both sides of the coin. And so I, I just encourage you, but do it from a cheerful and a good heart. Because that's how we are to give. Not grudgingly. Not reluctantly. But willingly. And I, that's how the Lord spoke to us. I was so excited. He gave me a plan on how to do it. And I said, okay, so we did it on our books. I said, well, you know, what, how much are we giving? Because he just gave me the plan. And she showed me, and I went, woo! I got, I got excited. I said, yes, yes! Because I know what that investment's going to do. Amen. For me, my children, for the kingdom, for Amen. you, Amen. I know what it's going to do. So I was so excited about it. Amen. But it's more than just giving. It's not a bill. Right, right. Giving is an act of worship. And that's why we, we come down and we give as a form of worship. Think about worship as you worship the King. You're adoring Him. You're offering yourself. You're, you're giving of yourself. Okay, and so giving, think about it. Sacrifice is always tied to the heart. You know, when the Scripture talks about sacrifice, it's always tied to the heart. And so that's why giving is a form of worship. You're actually saying, God, I trust you even in this. I trust you with this gift. It's worship. Amen. And it's an investment. We know he's going to come back and bless you. Why don't you stand to your feet, everyone in here. Stand to your feet. Levi, Pastor Levi, come up. Come on, stand to your feet. I want you to just lift your hands in this place. Come on, nobody moving, no one going anywhere. Lift your hands in this place. Lift your hands. It's a holy moment before the Lord. Come on, let's just get in the Spirit right now. Let's just get in the Spirit. Come on, Levi, lead us. Come on, let's get in the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill this place. An atmosphere in the heart. Come on. You're all we want. Yes, you're all God. You're all. Sing, 
Running over with the Holy Spirit, rest down. 